right, Daniel. How goes it? It's been nice to have a week in which United haven't been fighting amongst themselves after being humiliated by some mid-ranked side. Yeah, it really is. I didn't know what to do with myself. Not accustomed to this kind of behaviour. But the funny thing about it is, is that the reason why I have such disgust for this team is uh-huh. not be- not because they're crap. It's because for two years and a bit more, they've been capable of beating the better teams and deserving to, and also dispatching the rubbish teams, often from behind. Like We know they can do it. And mm-hmm. it really is just a facility of effort. I mean, it's not just a facility of effort because the way that they defended the box in particular was excellent, and that was mainly the new lads. Yeah. But the ability to play, to not play dreadfully... Yeah, amazing. <laughs> ...is something that, that we know that they have. It it reminds me of that old thing that Fergie said about cheating the manager, the one that set off Kevin Keegan all those years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think. Go on. Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, 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 no. It's. I mean, it's just. I know. I know that's reductive, but they've had in Ollie a coach who got great results out of them. In Ragnik, a coach that was respected throughout Europe, although maybe he shouldn't have been. And in Ten Hag, someone who's taken Ajax to the Champions League semi-finals, right? It's not like they've had people who didn't know what they were doing to some level. And still they managed to completely destroy themselves over and over again. So this is like, I hope this is a kind of landmark result in which we can move forward. But I suspect that's not going to be the case. And there'll be a few bumps along the way here. There'll still be bumps, of course, but I do think that this is kind of a staging post because for various reasons. Like one is that the two that the two defenders that he signed, you can see have character. Yeah. And oh yeah. For Martinez to be barging Salah, like that in particular, it's not even a ha 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 he barged Salah scouts twat. It isn't even that. It's the confidence to yep. get up, barge their best player for no reason, in the knowledge that he's got eighty eight minutes or whatever was left to make you look a prick. Yeah, yeah, and the self confidence to actually get involved in that tells you that something about him, and I think the same Malassia, who is a, a little bit raw, but he's not he's not overawed, mm-hmm. and he seems to me to be a very different kind of personality to Luke Shaw, who I'm sure is an all right bloke, but he just he's not ebullient and bubbly and constantly looking for what he can do. Sure, yeah. Malassia. Malassia is that and Martinez I mean I thought Martinez in particular was was a brilliant performance I mean Liverpool didn't play well blah 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 but he what I really like about Martinez is he doesn't mess around waiting to get things done so people Harry Maguire has this reputation of someone who's good on the ball it doesn't matter if you're good on the ball if you do it slow yeah sure and that first goal came about because Martinez hit a first time pass wasn't a brilliant pass to feet. It was just a pass that sustained the attack. And that's one of those phrases that, that Fergie was Fergie loved. And you're really talking about it as well. You ring fence the box, you sustain the attacks. And that's something United have really struggled to do in yeah, the post-Fergie agreed. era. And Maguire and Lindelof are both all right on the ball. But if that ball comes out to them, they take a touch. They have a look. They go square. They go backwards. And Martinez was just, boom, first touch in the corner like towards the corner and the attack continues and, and United score and it's that it's that mentality that and I think that that's something that they've been careful about with the players that they signed I mean all they thought he was doing it as well yeah. I'm not, it's not it's not a new invention all they thought he was getting that with Maguire but 
it's the level of self-confidence, decisiveness, nastiness, whatever you want to call it, that Martinez has that Maguire and Lindelof just don't, don't have. have. And I said, we talked about this before yeah. when we signed Lindelof and he said his best quality was his calmness. And I said, well, my best quality would be my calmness. But also, you're playing centre-back for Man United. This is not, it's not about <laughs> calm behaviour. It's interesting with Martinez because because he's the very opposite of that, isn't he? He he's very very active, and that that was actually the thing that concerned me more about Martinez than any kind of physical problem was that he seemed to overcompensate for the physical problem by being very active. And if you're always tight to your, the forward like he is, then that can cause you problems. But against Liverpool with United playing a deep line that worked perfectly, and Salah barely got a chance, and 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 the passing is. Not only because he's a left footer and it opens up the pitch that side of the, that side opens the pitch up on that side, but he is yeah very quick with the ball. The amount of balls he just pinged out like rapidly into midfield or, or to Malasia on the left hand side was, was timing, great. isn't it? It's yeah. it's desire, it's desire and timing, and I think but both what both him and, and Malasia have is also recovery pace, and that's something that Maguire and Lindelof don't have, and if you don't. If you don't have, if you're not brilliant, if you're slow and you don't have, and if you don't have recovery pace, then you've got to be so careful not to make any errors. Right. Well, especially in the system that eventually we we assume Ten Hag will want to play, which is with a higher line. I mean, against Liverpool, kind of understandable. They went back to Oliball and um, and played deep and then broke quickly and it just worked perfectly. In, interesting, like looking at the numbers, United ran obviously the famously 13.8 kilometres less than Brentford. They ran further than Liverpool, which I guess you often do when you don't have the ball. But also they uh, completed 50% more sprints. So if, if if we're talking about effort and desire, that's just one number, but it says something. But this was a, a United side that broke really rapidly and uh, yeah, and often. And, and just it's taking perfect. no time off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, constantly active and the intensity was great and all the things that we we want from this United side as they transition from being really crap to hopefully just a bit less than that, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just and you it's it's ten you can just see already that Martinez and Messi are good. And the biggest change was just he got the team right. Yeah. He now well, is taking right. two games. He knows who, he knows who the best players are and then once you have your team is then and you have a system, a way of playing. It then becomes easier to bring a player or two in and out. But I mean, he said it himself, Ten Hag, that people think he's this technocrat, and he he is into that shit. But he was very clear that the main thing is effort and players. Yeah, much more so. Like like talent, talent and mentality will always be tactics and and, and strategy. Always will always be more important and. The player, the players put it in. He he picked the right ones, and mm-hmm. that and if you think about the fact that we've got a performance of that level, and then you've got Casemiro to come into that, mm-hmm. then you start to think actually. And I kind this is the thing. Like although you sit there going, we need ten new players, and it is possible to advocate for that. You also know that the players you happily boot out the door aren't actually crap. What's pissing us off with them is the lack of application. And what he's got now, something that Ole never had, is competition for places. Basically, and it's not, it's partly because of the, the, like, he's had a bit of money and he's got the good players that Ole had, plus some more that he's bought. Mm -hmm. But it's also that once you, once you have that competition for places, it means that you're not constantly going back to the same, to the same players who let you down. 
And then this is where the system comes in. Where the mm-hmm. system comes in is, which all they didn't quite have, is that when you have a system, it means that the players know what's expected of them. And then with that competition, you can you can start rotating. Whereas Ole basically had to overplay the same players because he didn't have any good ones, any any other ones, any other good ones, and he just had to rely on the ones that he had because ultimately it was just they would kind of sit back and break, and that was it. And you, yeah. you don't yeah. and that yeah, he didn't have he didn't have midfield options. Yeah, no, and, and we will do now. I mean, I, I, I suspect in, in three years' time, Casemiro might feel like a bit of a burden, uh, especially in, as we transition to the more Ajax style of playing, and he might not necessarily fit with that. But I think this season he'll be excellent. Uh, he'll be excellent in a team. Ten Hag seems like a pragmatist. I don't think... I think he's learnt that the squad of players he's got can't play total football, and uh, that's not going to work for them. And I think he'll... He'll pick uh, strategies for the for the games he's got ahead of him, uh, and Casemiro will fit, especially with that kind of that kind of performance. I really would like, and doesn't look like we're going to get a sort of controlling midfielder alongside him because unless Ericsson's going to play, well, I think that's Ericsson, deep like that. It? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I they're going to try it. He looked absolutely shattered at the end of that game. You do wonder about, is it just lack of fitness because he's not had a proper pre-season? I think he's or got what? a look. He's a bloke who always looks a bit sweaty as well. Like he, I, I bet I bet he does a lot. I bet he does a lot of sweating. A bit like Gary got... Pallister who looked knackered five minutes into yeah. a game. Yeah. <laughs> he's just got that look. But on Casemiro, I actually, I, I think in three years, he'll still be useful to have around. I don't, he won't, he, you, you might not necessarily want him to be first choice, but... In the same way that City had with Fernandinho, he he'll still know how to play and he'll still know how to commit fouls without getting booked. And it's it's that balance, isn't it? That I think we all probably wanted someone who was twenty three or so sure. to come in and fill that position and just be brilliant for the next ten years. We couldn't get that, so getting someone who even na- who now is one of the best around in that position yep. is is not bad because I think, again, you're getting mentality. You're getting someone who wants to win, someone who knows how to win, and someone who's not going to put up with bullshit from the players around him and who no one can argue with because he's won five European Cups. Well, quite, and, yeah. And again, like, may- he's, maybe he's come for the money or this or that, but I would say that on the balance of probabilities, there is a much greater chance that we make him look shit than he makes us look shit. I think that's fair enough. Then the, the question marks over a few players. I mean, obviously we're all being short-termist after after that victory, and we like make big big analysis of of stuff that might not mean something. But Shaw and Maguire don't look like they'll be back in the team anytime soon. I think Shaw will be better with some competition, and as he was when Tellez first came in. It's World Cup year. I mean, I don't think either of them are going to be leaving in this transfer window with a week to go. But, but you know, it's a concern for either of them. But I guess they've just got to prove in the Europa League against Dynamo Tbilisi or whoever United pull out. Sorry, Dynamo fans. That they, they, they're good enough to push for a place in the side again. And then, then the other big question is Ronaldo, who was dropped and has no options. And I love the he... fact that he was brought on to defend corners. I know. I just... <laughs> How do you like that, Dickin? <laughs> we had Donny van der Beek in the Donny van der Beek role and, and Ronaldo in a Donny van der Beek role as well, coming up with five minutes to go. But yeah, I mean, he made it's... good changes again, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he, he managed to keep it fresh. I mean, I was a bit concerned that it was going to go a bit defensive at the end, but I guess it was for the whole game in a sense. But United just defended their box really, really well and, and brought Fred on for a bit of a defensive, extra defensive nous. Um, so it was, yeah, good changes again. There's a lot of positive signs. The, 
that's it. Because if you've got the players who are now going to knit it together, then the players who we know are good, who aren't necessarily able to lift it on their own, you'll get much more from them. So Sancho is not going to lift it on his own. He's not that kind of player or personality, I don't think. But if all of a sudden your spine is Varane and Martinez, then Casemiro, Eriksen, Bruno, then the players to the sides of that, they're going to have a lot more of the ball. The defence isn't going to be under so much pressure. They're going to have much more scope to do the stuff that they do. And I, and I said thing last, last week that Sancho's like that kind of like cage player, five-a-side player. And that was exactly what we saw from him. It was a proper five-a-side piece of work, that goal that he scored. I'd still like to have seen more from him in general play. And if Anthony's coming in, which it seems that he is, I wonder if we might see him moving over to the left because mm-hmm. it seems like Anthony only plays on the right. Mm-hmm. And, and Sancho's best numbers have come on the left. I mean, I don't know whether that's really true about his best performances, but he certainly puts in more goals and assists from the the left. And and look, competition for Rashford, great, perfect. If we're using Martial through the middle this season because we're not buying a, a striker, great. I mean, he he adds a lot if he stays fit. If he stays fit and hungry, we'll see on that one. It's like history tells us that that might not be true. Anthony, well, we'll see. I mean, United are going to pay a, what, 30 million euro premium for not being competent in the transfer market and not doing this earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more than that. It's just ridiculous behaviour, that. But the thing, I don't understand the signing of Anthony, I must say. And it's not a comment on Anthony. It's that when I look at this squad, a left-footed right winger is not... I want one. But it's not it's not what I'm my main thing because no. to me and also there's no comp he's not going anywhere else so he's still there for us if we want to go back next summer probably yep. get him for less as well yeah and I would definitely be spending the Anthony money on a right back I think at oh this for hundred percent hundred percent I mean a controlling midfielder and a right back are like two big priorities you you probably want a forward as well a centre forward but hey the, the right yeah. back would the right back would probably unlock Sancho a bit more as well because that's exact, he hasn't that's got exactly someone competent behind him. Yeah. that we've seen for, for two seasons now, teams basically not bothering to defend their right flank because yeah. they know that it's whoever was playing there, Greenwood or Rashford whoever, or Sancho, against everyone. And yeah. the only way really to change that is to get someone else out there. And I don't, I don't really understand why we're not getting a right back and why, why it's so essential that we get Anthony right now. Because yeah, I, no, I think I think you're right, but that all comes down to strategy in the market, and and United are just not competent, honestly. I, like whole new team and the same results. So, I guess yeah. also if you're the manager and you want this player, you think, well, if they get him for me now, how can I have him. trust that they won't have fired him by this time next season, by, by this Absolutely. time next year, or 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 that they'll stick to what they say? So, yeah. if he's available now, get him now. But at the money that they're paying. He should be absolutely ready to be brilliant in the Premier League. Yeah, and 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 it would be very unlikely that he is. The the drop off in quality from Eredivisie to Premier League is about fifty percent. So, or the the increase in quality. We've seen Martinez come in and be good, and good in such a way that you don't. He's not like a striker who come, might come in hit a run of form like Marco Negri when he went to Rangers or whatever, and then it never never be like that again. He's you can just see that. He he likes defending. He's mm-hmm. got all and whereas with with so with Anthony, I guess 
you just you don't really know if his footwork will translate to better defenders. Whether he'll, I mean, I guess Tenach should know if he's got the physicality. He doesn't exactly look like he necessarily does, but he does have he does have attitude, which which is helpful. Like he does yeah. have that attitude of entitlement, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way that he thinks he's good and he knows that this is his level and he's making yep. a fuss because he knows that this is his level, which it might not be, but it won't be lack of confidence that undermines him. All right, well, that's Anthony. We'll see United. He he apparently is putting the transfer request today, so I guess United feel confident that it's going to happen. I mean, he's not been I training this week. I believe told some, some video of Murta. Is it Murta or the other one? Arnold. I mean, interchangeable, aren't they? It's when someone says, are we getting him? And he says, yeah, and he mouths yes. But we could have a front line also of Tona, Tona and Tona, which is nice. Exactly. I, I really want them to play the, the three Tonys up front. It just would be perfect. <laughs> just for the memes. The other the other stuff that's happening looks like James Garner's definitely out the door. It might be Everton. God, don't ruin your career under Frank Lampard, for the love of God, man. Just <laughs> or He might be going to, to Leicester and Brenton. We'll see on that one. Uh, it's a shame for him that he's not going to be making it at United, but he's going he's gonna to have a decent Premier League career somewhere, I imagine. And then yeah, United I mean, are after... Sorry, I don't ahead. mind that he's going. In that I don't, I doubt that he's good enough. What I've been hearing is that people don't think he's got the physicality, and I've been yeah. hearing that about him for years. And so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't like flogging him because he's the only thing we can get cash money for in order to finance purchases that we should be able to make without doing that. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Looks like United are going to go for another keeper. It's just such a bizarre series of events. I mean, clearly they don't. They, like Henderson couldn't stay because he didn't want to. He wouldn't even train under Ten Hag. I guess United don't think he's good enough. They couldn't sell him for whatever reason because he, he's 25. He seems like a very saleable asset. And he'd rather be in a relegation stra- scrap. So United have to go and get another keeper, which might be weirdly <laughs> Newcastle's second keeper. Uh, it's all, I mean, he was... Uh, and- I mean, the first thing about Henderson is I read yesterday he has the worst pass accuracy in the Premier League this season. Right. Which just makes me laugh because, again... Like, I mean, it might be just because he's booting it long all the time. I mean, if that's... I, I haven't seen enough of Forrest to see It might also be because he's not particularly good with his good feet. Good with his feet, yeah. yeah. And it's, having previously said that he didn't want to train in front of Ten Hag because he knew that, that would make, Ten Hag would make him stay. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure I'd be spaffing anything on a goalkeeper who I didn't think was good enough to be number one. Well, and that's it. And Dubrag... Dubravka clearly, clearly isn't. I mean, it's it's cheap. I know it's going to be a loan with an option, but I just don't see the point, really. It seems such a bizarre series of events. They could have forced Henderson to stay and push De Gea because, actually, when, when he did, he was potentially number one, that really did push De Gea's performances. Anyway, the, the other interesting thing about De Gea is that he didn't want... Well, I think there was one pass he made which was short in which United got in trouble on against Liverpool and the rest of it just booted long and clearly you know Ten Hag seen it and said just kick it so (laughs) I think I think that was partly I think I don't know if that was that it may also have been like and I always think about there's a there's a fight analyst called Jack Slack and -hmm. he would always say that if you're fighting someone not you or me obviously I don't think this is intended for us but if if one if one is fighting someone and worried about how someone who appears to not have weaknesses to exploit, what yep. you do is you take away what they do well. How can you stop them doing the thing that they really want to do? And if you look at Liverpool, 
they run you off the pitch in midfield. They get the fullbacks, the fullbacks basically the playmakers, and they press you from the front. Mm-hmm. And we just took the pressing from the front out of the game. Yeah, and also yeah. with the players that played wide, pushed the fullbacks back. And in order to play our game, we took away what they do well. Yes. But yeah. Back to the transfers. How on earth have we gone from Marco Arnautovic and Adrian Rabio to Casemiro and Anthony? We were well, I just... literally like we were we were, we were some racism and yep. and Rabio's mum away from yep. that. <laughs> I know. What? I mean, it's, it's shocking, and I think. It might come back to the thing that we said about Eric Ten Hag. I mean, how, like, unless it's the panic and the Glazers are very reactive and they were worried about another game getting called off uh, and they thought this might paper over some cracks, which then then, then it's Ten Hag. Ten Hag saying he needs these players and putting pressure on. Now, and I don't know whether it's that or whether it's just the Glazers are so thin-skinned about about reaction from sponsors and, and the public that they've suddenly released the money that they didn't have. <laughs> well, they still don't have it. It's, not, it's still not their money. It's just, is it not more money we're giving us less headroom? Is that not... Yeah, I mean... Look, United can afford these deals in terms of their their both their FFP position and and their cash position. I've got over 100 million in the bank in cash, so that that's fine. It it you're going to assume that the dividends will always be paid anyway, and so yeah, it will just change the it will change the numbers in subsequent years, and that's the problem with paying loads of money. It's not that like I give a fuck whether Casemiro was 10 million or 70 million or Anthony was five million or 100 million. It's that that will affect, presumably, the the amount of money that's available in later years for Ten Hag to build. So they've got to work, yeah. and if they don't work, United are really screwed. But I, yeah, I mean, it is. It's not. It's not difficult to be hopeful now because it was always going to be about the same. It was with Ole. Are the players he bought any good? Like there are yeah. other aspects to it too. Like, but we know that Ten Hag is a good coach. We know that he understands how football works, and he's a systems guy. But is he can he identify good players and we don't know how good Malasia and Martinez might be but I just I think we can be absolutely certain that they're better than the ones that we had in their positions and we know and they're going to improve and we know that Casemiro is good yeah oh no no absolutely we we've got some evidence now that that all three of the summer signings are good we know ericsson's good and and we know casemiro's good i mean the only question marks are over the long term thing with casemiro anthony is more of a shot in the dark i mean his numbers don't look particularly good and i haven't seen enough to make a really definitive statement so you know we'll see Agreed. and so. the the thing i still wonder is who is <laughs> who is going to score the goals well, it's, it's one of the three Tonys up front, hopefully. Yeah, there's, or, yeah there is or, or that. Marcus is back. And you're totally right. You're totally right. I mean, it is a major problem, and it's not going to get fixed uh, this summer by the looks of it. Uh, he, so. In fairness to Rashford, actually, it did sort of seem like Monday was a changing of the luck as well. Like, I didn't think he was one of the worst in either of the first two games. And just the bounce of the balls, bounce of the ball weren't quite going his way. Thought he was offside for the goal. Still think he was offside for the goal, which it, makes that's, it better. That's, that's new VAR. That is new. New VAR gave him the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, he he would have been a toenail offside in previous seasons, and new VAR gave him the the five centimeters of of grace. So yeah, he he was technically offside, but 
VAR says no these days. Yeah, and he... And so... But the thing is, is so he, him and Sancho might get us 30 goals between them, say, and Martial might get another 10. It's still, you feel like every, all, every game you're sort of cobbling together your goal scorers mm-hmm. rather than, because Bruno's good, I presume, going to be playing deeper now, on which point I was quite pleased about this because I think that he can play as an eight because I think he understands the game well and has a good engine. We, he gets calls for the Hollywood passes and all the rest of it but I think in the teams United teams he's played in it's partly been like that because there's been no one else who's going to create anything and it's basically down to him to make stuff happen now that isn't the case and they'll hopefully be yes. a more coherent way of playing Completely. attacking football that means to me that there'll be more opportunities for other people more players we've got Ericsson can also create simply swapping Ericsson for Fred or McTominay is a yeah. massive creative upgrade. And yeah, if you yeah, add Casemiro into that again, you're getting much more of the ball. You're giving more scope to those players. So I think that we'll have to see. I, I mean, I don't think everyone agrees with this. I thought Bruno was excellent the other night, even though he still gave the ball away, almost scored an own goal. But we saw the kind of desire and the kind of leadership and also saw that I think that he does have the ability to him to play to play slightly deeper. Yeah, we've got... I, I look, and, and again, reductive, but... It's just night and day when Ronaldo's not in the side with Bruno, isn't it? I mean, all the, all the numbers say it as well. So it's, and it's, uh, it's good for United. And it's too. good for him and for Portugal as well. Yeah, I think he, he just he's it's not all about Ronaldo, and now it doesn't have to be all about Bruno either because other creators in the side. I completely agree with that, and, and I just you know, think I feel positive that, about that as well. And imagine how imagine it's also I just think feel like the atmosphere will improve. Just imagine how pissed off he's been these these last kind of year or so, because he's the kind of the one player in the team who sort of should be a world class player who's in his proper prime, and he's frittering it with Maguire, yeah, and <laughs> and all the rest of it, and players not putting effort in, yeah, yeah. and it feels like. If and he looks happy... like he's pissed off as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and, and if you have happy players, you're just going to have players that are performing better. Just in any, I mean, in any field of endeavour, if people are happy, they'll be more productive. Yeah, I agree. Back in the market, United have sold uh, Eric Bailly, well, loan with an obligation if he stays fit, which is a big question mark, and it's like no money either. United cannot sell players. It's amazing. When's the last time we sold a player for big money? It's, yeah, extraordinary stuff. Yeah, yeah, Di Maria. Yeah, and that was a. I mean, Bailly's a shame in that he's someone I thought should have been good. Yeah, and um, like he had good raw materials, but I think when he arrived, he was quite. He played very few games for someone of his age, and yeah. the injuries stopped him from ever playing consistently. Plus, yeah. obviously, all the other appalling shit that was going on around him. Such that he never he never quite got to where he could have got to, and I feel like him and Marseille sounds like a really excellent mix. So it's such a good fit, isn't it? I mean, honestly, it's just ah, chef's kiss, perfect. Exactly. Definitely going to be. I'm definitely going to be tuning into some of those games. And Velodrome is a magnificent stadium, and Marseille fans are proper nutters as well. So oh, perfect combination. Uh, yeah, love it. Good, good for him. I hope he can get his career back on track. Cause he seems like one. Well, I don't, don't know anything, but he seems like a decent guy who wants to do well. And I have actually can't. briefly encountered him in the mix zone right. after Vigo away, and he seemed like nice. a, he seemed like a nice boy. Good. <laughs> well, look, we're, I, we got to 
what, a week left of the window? A bit less. It's 1st September, isn't it? So I guess United are going to try and close out this deal for Anthony. Garner will be the 21st player to have left this summer if he goes, which is extraordinary turnover, really. I mean, half about half of them are first team first team squad type players, presumably a few more loans. I don't know whether United will do any extra deals beyond Anthony and the reserve keeper. That looks like it's probably it. And by the time we come to the weekend, which we haven't really talked about, really, we'll we'll know who our Europa League group is. Exciting stuff. Looking yeah, I mean, it that. looks it it could have been like in the end. If you look at the players that have come in, it's it's not bad, is it? I mean, it's not everything that I would have wanted, but Ericsson for free, no brainer. And then the other players all fill positions. They're all better. They seem to yeah. be. And you can criticise the strategy of ending up with Casemiro, but it doesn't make him any less of a good player. That we might not have Completely. planned it, we might not have planned it, but it kind of almost felt when we got him that people had thought that by us signing him out of nowhere, when no yeah. one thought we would, and when we might not have planned for it, he suddenly had become a worse player. The frustrating thing about the strategy is that, in financial terms, United still have a massive dick, swinging dick, that they can swing around Europe and get what they want. And if they weren't so bloody incompetent at doing it, that the managers that we've had over the past nine years would not have been left short all of the time. And like so much of it stems from that. There's the money there, if only they weren't so dumb. Uh, and they're just amongst the dumbest clubs in Europe, generally. But, you know, four players they've got, all good players, all going to contribute to the team, all going to be regular starters by the looks of it, all going to make United better. And if they get if they get Anthony as well, we'll see. We'll see whether he can really cut it but he's going to add an extra an extra maybe an extra dimension but an extra body in the attacking areas too sometimes yeah sometimes it's i feel like especially like at the early stage where you're building a team i almost feel like you don't want too many players you want you want something to groove where it's more or less the same players all the time because you want a system to settle you want the team spirit to build and you want it to be a method of playing and signing that signing Anthony like that is almost like something we might do next summer or the summer after but yeah hopefully hopefully he's good at playing football and I think that he'll also he'll give us a bit of a bit of attitude as well which is never never a shame I mean I mean you've got you've got to back it up but there's now assuming he comes there's now a little bit more nastiness in this team than there was before and i like that all right i guess we'll leave it there dan great great catching up with you for the midweek pod and it's amazing isn't it how we're all upbeat and chipper and taking on the world and all it takes is smashing the scousers and everything is good with the world again well i guess we'll see we've got we'll see what happens against southampton because again it's it's not you can get up for one game but in the ability to keep getting up is again yeah, something yeah. that your Mar- your Martinez is <laughs> <laughs> your Martinez is and your Malasias <laughs> what what you would hope that that would that that would help with that and I think like one thing I kind of felt slightly concerned about was this Ten Hag going on about how he'd be using Shaw and Maguire very soon and to me like I don't I think if if say you bring Maguire in for Leicester because Varane can't play Leicester and Arsenal, then that makes some sense. But 
I'd not be looking to do too much with the team because you're trying to you're going you're trying you're, you're trying to bed in you're trying to bed in a new team and in order to do that they need to they need Lengthy, to keep yeah. playing and Martinez and Varane like a really good partnership Varane played excellent excellent game from Varane as well as actually outstanding exactly what we want from him but you're right can they can they do it on a warm Saturday afternoon in Southampton is a big question and and can we get some consistency of performances is another so looking looking for that feeling more confident but it's a completely different game where United will have much more of the ball and have to have to attack Southampton and who who by the way are in a total mess <laughs> and it's amazing they haven't sacked Hausenhutl by now but but they haven't and maybe maybe we'll do for him what I'm looking for is the Villa game in a few weeks time that could be the end of Gerard. I mean and, <laughs> which would be quite sweet that, that 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 would be tremendous I kind of I've accepted the fact that he's not going to do well enough to get the Liverpool job and that is a joy that is going to be denied us but yeah, removing him from his job would be would be lovely. And with Southampton, it's cool. So I've never forgotten that that game just after the takeover when United sent them down. Well, I kind of I don't even think that their fans were really singing too much about the Glazers, and it was actually United who were counting down the time till they were relegated. But I think I sort of dislike them for the proximity of that game to the takeover, <laughs> even though they had nothing to do with it. So uh, it's fairly petty, but yeah, uh, there's a few things to dislike about the Glazer takeover more than that. But yeah, no, no, no. no this is me disliking Southampton. It's not about me disliking the takeover. It's about no, it's no, about, no. I get it. It's yeah. about antipathy towards towards Southampton. But again, it is. I mean, it just sounds such a banal thing to say, but we do need to win that game. <laughs> Stick with us for further insights. <laughs> we'll see you after the weekend, everyone, and I'll see you soon, Dan. Turn up.